Hello and welcome to Therapists Talking Therapy. Thank you for downloading our podcast. My name is Martin Weaver and I'll be joined in a few minutes by my colleague Nicholas Rose. In this podcast we talk about endings, how you organise the beginning of a session and how you work towards the ending of a session, looking at issues to do with the therapist, the client and outside the therapy and some ideas of how to manage this whole process and what it means for everyone involved. We hope you enjoy it. This, this time we've, for the first time we talked about you know, uncertainty and philosophy, which is a very sort of big subject. Yes. And this one we want to go and focus right at the other end of the, uh, the scale. And Endings. Maybe, yeah, the ending of therapy. I was asked by UKCP, would I write a, a blog on the importance of ending of therapeutic relationships and the risks of stopping suddenly. Mm. So yeah, that's what I put together. And I think it's uh, um, something that needs to be clear, close to the start. It's a time limited relationship. And um, I suppose I often ask my clients, are we done? Are we near the end? To test whether we've achieved what we need to achieve. Are there still things we haven't spoken about? Mm. And how, how do you set up, up at the start? Do, do you, um, how's the ending um, talked about when you, when you begin? Do, do you have a, a sort of a, a set way of approaching endings? Or? Well, at the end of the first session, mm. uh, and we've got a commitment and a contract to go forwards, which is part of the assessment of the first, the beginning of the first session, then it's about getting a, a sense for me of how many sessions we might need um, and often I'll say generally speaking let's have um, five or six more sessions let's see where we get to and then we'll review and take it from there and sometimes we sort of review before that happens because of the way the discussion goes and the way the the changes happen sometimes it's very much well you know you came here with this uh, x sessions ago now you've got that um, are we going in the right direction? Have other things come up? Um, and that's a discussion between the both of us. And sometimes I'll say to my clients, I get the feeling that we're done. And the response is twofold or one of two things. One is, oh, no, 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 I don't feel confident yet. Okay, so let's explore that and see what mm-hmm. that lack of confidence is about. And sometimes clients say, well, yes, I thought so too, but I didn't know how to say so. Mm. And then we say, so how would we like to, to bring this to a close today or one more session? Or do you want to meet every two or three weeks? And then we do that for two or three sessions and then say, okay, so do you feel more confident now to, to have this relationship, to have this idea, to deal with this trauma on your own? Mm. And what do you think of, because um, in a lot of organisational settings, um, so through the NHS or through uh, private insurance or EAPs, that there's usually a restriction on the on the number of sessions. Um, yeah. But for me, I suppose uh, I, I I think that um, it, uh, it it makes it a quite a different thing. <laughs> um, I, I don't know what you think about that, um, but uh, I. I like to work in private practice because yes we're done when we're done 
not that uh, that there is a sort of prescribed amount of sessions. I was working with a colleague who said that um, endings were very important and they would talk about endings at every session. And I just thought mm, that sounds a bit um, potentially destabilizing if there's always the expectation. Now, if you have a set number of sessions and there are only six or there are only eight or 12, then I guess you have to work within that. And the arc, if you like, has to be fitted in there. So I might notice something in a client, perhaps, and then not, not explore it, believing that actually that's going to take three or four sessions and we've only got two left. I know that sometimes within a session I won't engage in exploring an issue because I, I look at the clock and I think there's only 20 minutes left and if I engage in this issue it's not going to be resolved in a way that's comfortable by the end of the session so I'll make a note and then open that up at the next session. So yeah I, I would be very uncomfortable working in that fixed way. Mm. Uh, it, well, quite often when we start off in our training, of course, we end up in organisations that do use these these fixed models. Hmm. Um, and well, it's not but not necessarily fixed models in the sense that this is our philosophy. I worked in a, uh, a charity and therefore they had a policy of six, which if the and I was supervising the councillors, if the councillor could then justify it, we could move that to 12. Uh, and that's what we did. And then towards the 10, 11, 12, there had to be a way where else then can we refer this, this client onto. Occasionally, as a supervisor, I'd sanction an extra two or three if it seemed that the ending was coming close but hadn't quite fitted into um, the, the convenient six or 12. And that's because as a charity, they had a waiting list all the time. So it was a way of helping people in their moment through particular bereavements and then referring them on to other resources that they can make use of. There is something a little bit sort of paradoxical in all of this because we, we come from a, a starting position that everyone's unique and everybody um, uh, needs different things. And then, then uh, yes, in the organisational context, it ends up with, uh, well, th this is... This is kind of a norm, if you like, and, and there's a potential for people to uh, maybe, well, it's, it can be punitive almost. It, people can end up thinking that they, they haven't been able to, to, to do what they needed to do in six sessions and maybe that's down to them. So it's, it's their fault. So I, I think it can be, um, it, it, I, you know, there, there can be a potential for that. Uh, isn't that down to the... Um the confidence, the skill of the therapist to frame that practice then uh, in the sense that we can only be here for six sessions and it may very well be there are other issues and therefore we will need to think about after these sessions where you can go to get more help and guidance if that's what's required. Mm. So there's something about engaging in that directly. Yes. Yeah, I think, yes, I think, I think that's, I think that's right. Uh, what about the other end of the scale then? When you, um, or I meet up with a supervisee and I'm thinking, 
maybe this relationship has gone on a bit too long. Maybe it's time for this relationship to end. You know, um, there's the, the client who may or may not know when enough is enough. And I'm just wondering, have you ever caught yourself perhaps thinking, should we be continuing? Have we done what we can do? Well, those are good, good moments to check it out, aren't they? That, um, that I, I, always, uh, I always remember um, it being said that uh, if somebody is, is coming for sessions, uh, then, uh, yeah, I mean, you can question if they're still getting something from it, um, but it's ultimately up to them to say whether they want to continue or not. Um, if they're getting something from it, then I suppose as a therapist, you might say, well, I, actually, um, maybe I'm not the best suited for you now if you're not feeling engaged. But uh, it's, not, uh, it's not happened to me, actually. <laughs> not yet. I suppose one, um, as you were speaking, that uh, one, one thing that does often happen is that, is that people will want to have a space to let off steam. Mm-hmm. And so that, that, can be, uh, that can be a bit more tricky in a, in a way because someone might come with a, an issue, a concern, something that's bothering them, but what they actually want to do is to, is to yeah, just to let off steam and then to, to leave. Nothing changes. Um, and, and that can be, that can be, that can be, well, that can be a challenge, I suppose, in order in, to, to be able to point that out, to say, well, you, you know, what I've noticed is that you, you, you've wanted things to change, but our sessions involve um, you, as you say, you like to be able to let off steam. You always feel better at the end of the session. Um, so it just means bringing it, in, again, it's sort of making it explicit. Well, this is what's happening. Is that what you want to happen? Do you, do you want to come and let off steam or, or do you want to, to change? Is letting off steam change or is it change enough? Um, and that raises for me a, a question about um, what are we not talking about? As uh, you were talking there, I was thinking what we're talking about now is very much kind of either between the therapist and the client or within the therapist and within the client. And yet there are a number of issues external to both. Um, Finance issues, issues in relationships, perhaps issues about simple simple discomfort because um, trying to find the time to turn up can cause all sorts of stress. Find find the time, what, sorry, I'm sorry, find the time. Yeah, to arrange the sessions, to be able to get... Oh, okay. Maybe it's that the therapy is at the wrong time or it's on the wrong day, or maybe work or family issues change and it Mm. becomes more stressful to to carve out the time. Yes, on both sides, potentially. Yeah, absolutely. As life changes. Yeah, and I think for... Uh, a therapist is simply a question of delving a bit deeper when someone either doesn't turn up or wants to end then it's about what other issues if as a therapist i feel there's still useful work to be done then is there something that neither of us are, are recognizing is it about money and i often say that uh, people will talk about sex until the cows come home but when it comes to money 
no, that, that, that's going to be more of a difficult issue. Um, and so are there external factors that are affecting this sudden disappearance potentially of the client? What happens when to you when your clients simply don't come back? Um, you're asking if my clients don't come back. <laughs> well, you make, you make an arrangement and they, they have to postpone it or you, they'll say, oh, yes, I'll give you a call kind of thing. Mm. And they don't. Maybe, mm. no, maybe you've never had that. Well, it, it's something we have to... Um, uh, there was a, when I was doing my training, I remember, um, and we were leaving one of the trainings, and uh, the tutor said, it's always hardest for those that are left behind, which is, of course, so, so relevant in terms of bereavement and uh, endings. Uh, of course, as therapists, we, I mean, we, uh, we are left behind. That's the kind of deal, isn't it, really? Um, it, if it's an agreed ending, uh, that's different to a mm. non-agreed ending. But what we know, um, luckily, is... is as there is a research out there, what we know is that um, uh, that uh, yeah, when there is a a non-agreed ending, in the majority of cases, the it's a good thing for the the the, the client. But for for most most of them, uh, it's been something that's positive for them. It doesn't mean that they've not been happy with the the therapy. It's that they've achieved what they've wanted to achieve and they've taken control and they're leaving. Not for everybody. So to answer your question, I suppose, it means that um, we have to be comfortable with uncertainty. (laughs) Back to that Um, again. (laughs) Yes. Yes. That um, if somebody chooses not to come back, then that's their choice. And yeah, uh, we have to. But you need to be talking a bit around the issue because I was wondering what you do when the client doesn't turn up. What I do is I give them a week or so, maybe two weeks, depending on the client, and I'll normally drop them an email that just says, you know, I noticed that we haven't met for X, whatever X is, um, and if you've chosen to um, end therapy or, or find new therapists, that's perfectly fine. Um, just let me know what your plans are. Um, and a number of clients have come back and said well it it stretched from one week to two weeks and I forgot and then three weeks and then I was worried about whether you'd want me to come back I was worried about you know making that rupture if you like explicit the kind of guilt and shame perhaps can set in mm. and so there's something about how we as therapists understand that and then choose to say okay well what else can we do about this let's Let's, uh, let's um, address it directly. Hmm. Well, if somebody doesn't turn up, uh, after 15 minutes, I try and get in touch with them. Uh, and I'll leave a, a message uh, and send uh, an email. Um, so I, I'll do something straight away. And then it depends what happens after that. And of course, it's quite relational as well, because um, uh, if it's someone that you've known for a, a long time is one thing. If it's someone that's come for one session, it's a, it's a different thing. So I, I don't have a sort of fixed way of 
mm. approaching it, I guess. It, uh, it depends on the, the, the situation. Yeah, and on the, the situation that the, the client's in, like yourself, if they don't turn up. I used to phone people up after like 15 minutes. Now I tend to send them a text uh, simply to give them a bit more space to think about um, what their response might or might not be. Um, mm. I know if you call, then there's an immediate, immediacy to that kind of conversation. Mm. And so I think texting, if I can, gives people a bit of breathing space. Mm to think, oh dear, you know, how do I want to respond to that? <clears throat> and how have they finished, or has it been an error, or has there been an emergency, or has there been something else? And then we can define whether there's been a, an ending or not. And of course it's difficult, if the ending finishes, how you then are unable, if you like, to, to guide the client into what they might do next what other support there might be or when one finishes um, in agreement with the client then I can always say well of course I'm here as well if you know, a month three months six months a year down the line you want a top-up session or you want to come back uh, yes yeah, I suppose it depends on on how you how you how you organize um, your uh, your your agreement, your relationship. Um, f for me, uh, I, I always say about well, we can end at any point, but we'll discuss it and we'll we'll, we'll talk about what's going to be the best uh, way to end. So, if someone's been coming for a couple of months, then maybe one ending session will seem like a, a good number of ending sessions for for the both of us. But if it's been a number of years, it may be longer than that um, and as you were saying earlier it may be a, a different type of ending as well it could be that you sort of reduce the frequency of the, the sessions um, if that's possible it's not always it's not always possible to do of course but um, uh, yes so it, yes so I think as long as um, yeah you've been able to talk about the ending at the beginning that's the, the important thing. Do you think it's a kind of a hangover from the old um, psychodynamic and union processes that appear to, to stretch on? I mean, I understood that the reason why uh, people go to psychoanalysis two or three times a week in the early days was that they had to move cities sometimes, they had to go to see Freud, and therefore if they were going to be in that in Vienna for just a couple of months, then clearly they don't want to get the most out of it. Mm. And therefore, meeting two or three times a week would seem sensible. I just wonder when this two or three times a week became more fixed. And then the idea came in that you're in therapy for the rest of your life three times a week. Uh, so endings then don't seem to be discussed or thought about at all. Well, the, 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 that's, that's a number of things, I think, isn't there? There's, um... There's whether sessions are 50 minutes, um, uh, and so a lot of therapists use 50-minute sessions, oh. the therapeutic hour. But <laughs> I, I'm not sure where that ever came from, and whether it's one time, once a week, twice a week, oh. whether it should be a 50-minute or a two-hour session or a whole day of sessions. I, um, I, I upset my union therapist many many years ago when uh, they said it's a 50-minute hour, 
And I said, well, is it an hour or is it 50 minutes? One or the other, can't be both. They were most upset. They were, they were sticking to their 50 minute hour. I said, well, you know, come on, it's either one or the other. Which one is it? Mm. So it's 50 minutes. Well, it's a therapeutic hour, as you just said. Okay. So it didn't, it didn't endear me. I didn't stay very long with that particular therapist. It's, um, it, 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 I suppose for therapists, because we're trained in a particular way, uh, that uh, it, it uh, gives us a framework to enable us to work, if, if you like. If we know that we're going to have 50-minute sessions, then we can plan our days. Um, but it means... What's wrong with an hour session? Sorry? What's wrong with an hour session? Yeah, exactly. Well, there's nothing wrong with an hour session. But um, it's, it's almost like we start off with a sedimentation that we're, <laughs> we're, given, we're given a framework. Um, I, I like to meet people where they are. So what I mean by that is, um, yeah, I, li I like to start off with an open mind as to what, what's going to happen. And most of the time, it's the same. So if the first session goes well, then we'll meet for six weekly sessions and then we'll review. Yeah. Um, but in that first session, um, I, might, I might suggest, well, actually, maybe it's twice a week we can we can meet maybe actually we'll, we'll uh, meet for uh, 90 minutes instead of 50 minutes hmm. um, yeah, so I, I like to I, I like to yeah, not impose something fixed right from the, the start um, and yet there has to be a kind of boundary doesn't there as you pointed out so you can organize your day and yeah. yet than that I have worked yeah. with clients who who have jobs Mm. NHS or police or other jobs that I mean they get called out or it's difficult to have a regular slot every day at the same mm. time for the same and usually we do meet for uh, an hour though I have met people for longer who've traveled who mm. want to meet in person when we were able to meet in person hopefully we'll be able to do that again soon um, mm. they travel a long distance and therefore they want to meet for 90 minutes or two hours mm. in order to get you know really get going because and sometimes I find that, you know, within the first 30 minutes or 40 minutes or, you know, you've just got going and come to an end. So, yeah, I think within that kind of framework, that boundary, as long as it's clear, mm. as you say, to, to meet the client as best we can with what they need and create the boundary um, that suits us both. There's longer sessions also. Um, uh I found that when I work with people with autism or ADHD, that that they prefer a, a longer mm. session. That um, yes, it can it can feel too pressured for them to to work to fifty minutes or sixty minutes. And um, so yes, it, it, the uh, the construction of the therapy shouldn't end up feeling like something punitive. Mm. Um, it, it needs to work for the person so that has to be our starting point what is it that's, that works for you and there's um, also that that thought in the mind given that we're you know it's, it's a boundary about how then we think about the completion of this what is it that we are working towards experiencing or completing or how will we know as I often say to my clients when is enough enough mm. 
how will we know when we're done? Yeah. Uh, when I'm asked that at the start, I usually find myself saying, well, most of the time, it, it tends to be that we know when we know. And it's something that is on both sides, really, that uh, an experience of kind of sitting there and thinking, oh, what are we going to talk about today? And it's something which um, it, it's almost a connected kind of shared experience. Um, not always, but uh, that, that's often what I say when people ask me in the first session, how, how many sessions will we have? I say, oh, well, I think well, we tend to know when we know. Um, and uh, yeah. And it's, it's interesting because um, when, when clients, um, sometimes they'll say, either at the front, the beginning of the session, I, I don't know what to talk about today, what I need to talk about, or more often at the end of a session, they'll say, I had no idea what we're going to talk about today. But there's, we just finished and said, that it? And that was quick. You know? And they filled that time with things they didn't know that they needed to speak about until... And the phrase that comes up most is, now I say this out loud, it changes the experience. Mm. And even asking or suggesting or pondering, are, are we at the end of the session? Are we at the end of therapy? Therapy for now. Mm. Uh, I say to my clients, um, therapy ends in my view. There's a life out there to be, to be led, to be lived. Uh, I think I differ to to you on that in as much as um, when someone comes to me uh, and so I'm their therapist I, I see um, I, I take on a role for me of potentially their therapist for, for life so oh, really? <laughs> um, so when when we end um, I will always say um, well not always but most of the time I find myself saying well if we meet again then great but of course if we don't meet again then also great um and uh because life happens doesn't it and yeah. um and people people come back uh, there'll be a new challenge that comes up and they they know that uh, having a, a space to talk through things can can help to find solutions um and so yes i i am um, i work on on that basis so if people contact me for example um, on social media after we finish working together, um, then I, I, I won't want to connect in in that way. Um, but I, I always say to people, I, I see myself as your therapist now. Um, Maybe we can keep social media and boundaries to another podcast. That's a, whole that's a big, that's a big issue in itself. I suppose I have just have a different, slightly different perspective in the sense that you're right. Um, in, you know, if, if you need me again, I'm going to be here. In my mind, and I hope I explain this, express this properly, the work that we've done now is complete. And when and if you come back, it'll be about something else. Mm. And so there's a sense of, in all our lives, there are completions that we, we make. I've done that, now I'm moving on, I've done that, now I'm moving on. Rather than this idea that I'll always need this and this issue will never be resolved or it's always going to be bugging me or I'm always going to have this sense of um, anxiety as we mentioned before in the last podcast rather than actually this is now resolved I can engage in the world still being me the real me perhaps and the world will throw something at me 
some of it I'll be able to resolve and work with. Other things I might not be able to. Mm. And whether people come back to me or go to another therapist is another. And it's entirely up to them. Mm. But the, the resource is there if they need it. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, um, are we done? Are we done? <laughs> well, I think we could probably talk for a lot longer, but maybe maybe we're we're done talking about being done talking yeah. today. I think we've missed anything that uh, about ending relationships that we um, that we should bring in that we haven't. And we talked about internal senses and external pressures and how we address those and, and, and um, bring them out. Um, how we connect with clients who maybe are experiencing some kind of guilt or shame for not connecting with us. Mm. I'm wondering if there's anything else we might have missed. Uh, how would we know? How would we know? Well, as we're talking about ending, it uh, makes me think uh, about my feelings around endings. It's, uh, it's one of those things that uh, uh, I miss people when they leave. <laughs> I have feelings about endings. Yeah. So, uh, yes. Do you so, have, I have good feelings that here's a client who came with X, Y, or Z, that you worked on that, plus maybe A, B, C, and D, or whatever, and mm. they, they go out of your office actually connecting with the world, being more flexible, stronger, dare I say, happier. Well, absolutely. I, I, I'm, I, I want people to be better. So if, um, if, they're, if they're happy as they leave, then I'm happy as well. So always mixed feelings, no? happiness and sadness at the same time. Maybe that's, maybe that's what always happens. That tells us that something is incomplete or complete enough. And that's us done then. Okay. <laughs> so that's thank, you thank you very much indeed, Nicholas. Thank you for downloading our podcast, Therapist Talking Therapy. In our next podcast, Nicholas and I will be talking about politics, how we can be involved in politics at a personal level, at a therapeutic level, and at an organisational level, and how we define what is and maybe what isn't political. We hope you can join us. Thank you again for downloading our podcast.